This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of the hip anterior approach, or the Smith-Peterson approach, from the approaches section on orthobullets.com. So as a quick introduction, the Smith-Peterson approach provides exposure to the hip joint and the ilium. Indications for the Smith-Peterson approach includes total hip arthroplasty, open reduction of congenital hip dislocations, synovial biopsies, intraarticular fusions, excision of pelvic tumors, pelvic osteotomies, as well as irrigation and debridement of an infected native hip. Now let's talk about the surgical planes. So the superficial internervous plane of the Smith-Peterson approach is between the sartorius, innervated by the femoral nerve, and the tensor fascia lata, innervated by the superior gluteal nerve. Again, the superficial internervous plane of the Smith-Peterson approach is between the sartorius, innervated by the femoral nerve, and the tensor fascia lata, innervated by the superior gluteal nerve. The deep internervous plane of the Smith-Peterson approach is between the rectus femoris, innervated by the femoral nerve, and the gluteus medius, innervated by the superior gluteal nerve. Again, the deep internervous plane of the Smith-Peterson approach is between the rectus femoris, innervated by the femoral nerve, and the gluteus medius, innervated by the superior gluteal nerve. Now, let's talk about position and preparation for the Smith-Peterson approach. So anesthesia options include a block versus general anesthesia. And in terms of position, the Smith-Peterson approach is done supine. Now let's talk about the approach. In terms of the incision, you will make the incision from the anterior half of the iliac crest to the ASIS. From the ASIS, you will curve inferiorly in the direction of the lateral patella for 8 to 10 centimeters. Now let's talk about the superficial dissection. First, you will identify the gap between the sartorius and the tensor fascia lata. You will then dissect through the subcutaneous fat, making sure to avoid the lateral femoral cutaneous nerve. You will then incise the fascia on the medial side of the tensor fascia lata. Then detach the origin of the tensor fascia lata of the iliac to develop the internervous plane. And then ligate the ascending branch of the lateral femoral circumflex artery, which crosses the gap between the sartorius and the tensor fascia lata. Moving on to the deep dissection, you will identify the plane between the rectus femoris and the gluteus medius. Then you will detach the rectus femoris from both its origins. Next, you will retract the rectus femoris and iliopsoas medially and the gluteus medius laterally to expose the hip capsule. You will then adduct and externally rotate the hip to place the capsule on stretch. You will then incise the capsule with a longitudinal or T-shaped capsular incision. Finally, you will dislocate the hip with external rotation after the capsulotomy is complete. In terms of proximal extension of this approach, indications include a bone graft harvest. The dissection involves extending the proximal incision posteriorly along the iliac crest. Distal extension of this approach is indicated for an intraoperative fracture of the distal femur. The dissection involves lengthening the skin incision downward along the anterolateral aspect of the thigh. You will then incise the fascia lata in line with the skin incision and stay in the interval between the vastus lateralis and the rectus femoris. Now let's finish this review session talking about the dangers of the Smith-Peterson approach. The structures to be aware of include the lateral femoral cutaneous nerve, the femoral nerve, and the ascending branch of the lateral femoral circumflex artery. So the lateral femoral cutaneous nerve reaches the thigh by passing under the inguinal ligament. The course is variable, and the lateral femoral cutaneous nerve can be seen passing medial or lateral to the ASIS. This is most commonly seen when incising the fascia between the sartorius and the tensor fascia lata. Injury may lead to painful neuroma or decreased sensation on the lateral aspect of the thigh. 
the femoral nerve should remain protected as long as you stay lateral to the sartorius muscle. Finally, the ascending branch of the lateral femoral circumflex artery is found proximally in the internervous plane between the tensor fascia lata and the sartorius. Be sure to ligate to prevent excessive bleeding. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads, which of the following statements about the lateral femoral cutaneous nerve is true? And the choices are one, innervates the medial aspect of the proximal thigh, two, originates from the dorsal roots of L4 to L5, three, course runs medial to the femoral artery, four, courses along the medial border of the psoas muscle, and five, courses under the inguinal ligament. The correct answer to this question is five, courses under the inguinal ligament. So the lateral femoral cutaneous nerve courses under the inguinal ligament. The pathway of the lateral femoral cutaneous nerve begins at the lumbar plexus, most commonly from the dorsal roots of L2 to L3. The nerve then emerges, pierces the psoas muscle, and then courses along its lateral surface to the surface of the iliacus before it goes underneath the inguinal ligament and finally pierces the fascia lata. It then goes on to provide sensory innervation to the anterolateral aspect of the thigh. Robertson et al. examined the safety of 11 different hip arthroscopy portals and noted that the greatest risk still comes from the proximity of the anterior portal to the lateral femoral cutaneous nerve. However, a slightly more lateral location seems to provide substantial benefits. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer one, the lateral femoral cutaneous nerve gives sensory innervation to the lateral, not medial aspect of the proximal thigh. Answer two, the lateral femoral cutaneous nerve does not originate from the dorsal roots of L4 to L5 as it originates from the dorsal roots of L2 to L3. Answer three, the course of the lateral femoral cutaneous nerve does not run medial to the femoral artery as it runs lateral to the femoral artery. And finally, answer four, the course of the lateral femoral cutaneous nerve does not course along the medial border of the psoas muscle as it runs lateral to the psoas muscle. Moving on to the next question. A 45-year-old male sustains a displaced left subcapital hip fracture. He is scheduled for open reduction and internal fixation using the Smith-Peterson approach. After dissection through the superficial intermuscular plane, a moderate amount of bleeding is noted in the surgical field. What vessel was likely injured? And the choices are 1. Ascending branch of the lateral femoral circumflex artery, 2. Medial femoral circumflex artery, 3. Obturator artery, four, superficial external pudendal artery, and five, femoral vein. The correct answer to this question is one, ascending branch of the lateral femoral circumflex artery. So the superficial intermuscular plane in the Smith-Peterson approach is between the tensor fascia lata and the sartorius muscle. The ascending branch of the lateral femoral circumflex artery crosses the surgical field in this intramuscular plane. To quickly review, the superficial dissection of the Smith-Peterson approach utilizes the interval between the sartorius and tensor fascia lata. After incising skin, careful dissection through subcutaneous fat is important to avoid injuring the lateral femoral cutaneous nerve. Next, the fascia on the medial side of the tensor fascia lata is incised up to its origin. The ascending branch of the lateral femoral circumflex artery should be identified as it crosses over the gap under the sartorius and tensor fascia lata muscles in the distal aspect of the wound. Hoppenfeld et al. describes the ascending branch of the lateral femoral circumflex artery as a structure at risk during the Smith-Peterson approach to the hip. 
In this approach, an internervous interval between the femoral nerve and the superior gluteal nerve is utilized. The femoral nerve innervates the sartorius superficially and the rectus femoris deep, while the superior gluteal nerve innervates the tensor fascia lata superficially and the gluteus medius deep. Hajdukovic et al. followed treatment of femoral neck fractures in young patients. They found almost 10% of displaced fractures were associated with the development of non-union, whereas 27% were associated with the development of osteonecrosis. Their results were influenced by fracture displacement and the quality of reduction. Varus malreduction most closely correlates with failure of fixation after reduction and cannulated screw fixation. Moving on to the next question. The anterior Smith-Peterson approach to the hip uses a surgical plane between which of the following superficial muscles? And the choices are 1. Gluteus maximus and tensor fascia lata. 2. Gluteus medius and tensor fascia lata. 3. Sartorius and adductor longus. 4. Rectus femoris and adductor longus. And 5. Sartorius and tensor fascia lata. The correct answer to this question is 5, sartorius and tensor fascia lata. So the anterior Smith-Peterson approach to the hip uses an internervous plane dissecting between sartorius and tensor fascia lata innervated by the femoral and superior gluteal nerves. Superficially, the plane is identified between the sartorius innervated by the femoral nerve and tensor fascia lata innervated by the superior gluteal nerve. Deep, the plane is between the rectus femoris innervated by the femoral nerve and the gluteus medius innervated by the superior gluteal nerve. Anterior minimally invasive hip arthroplasty is now being performed using this approach. Meningini et al. compared the anterior and posterior approaches to the hip in six human cadavers. They graded the amount of muscle damage and compared the specific muscles damaged using both approaches. Interestingly, they found that the piriformis or conjoined tendons were transected in 50% of the anterior approaches to the hip, suggesting that the anterior approach might not be as, quote, minimally invasive as previously believed. Moving on to the next question, what two nerves make up the internervous plane in the Smith-Peterson anterior hip approach? And the choices are one, there is no internervous plane, two, femoral nerve and inferior gluteal nerve, three, femoral nerve and superior gluteal nerve, four, obturator nerve and superior gluteal nerve, and five, obturator nerve and inferior gluteal nerve. The correct answer to this question is 3, femoral nerve and superior gluteal nerve. So the internervous plane in the Smith-Peterson anterior hip approach is made by the femoral nerve and superior gluteal nerve. The anterior Smith-Peterson hip approach uses the superficial internervous plane between the sartorius, innervated by the femoral nerve, and the tensor fascia lata, innervated by the superior gluteal nerve. The deep plane for access to the hip joint capsule uses the same internervous plane, but is between the rectus femoris, innervated by the femoral nerve, and the gluteus medius, innervated by the superior gluteal nerve. In this approach to the hip, one must be conscious to avoid damaging the lateral femoral cutaneous nerve. And moving on to the final question, the ascending branch of the lateral femoral circumflex artery is at risk with which of the following surgical approaches? And the choices are one, stapa approach, 2. Coker-Langenbeck approach, 3. Ilio-Inguinal approach, 4. Watson-Jones approach, and 5. Smith-Peterson approach. The correct answer to this question is 5. The Smith-Peterson approach. 
So if you have good situational awareness and know that we're going over questions about the Smith-Peterson approach, you should have gotten this question correctly. But to quickly review, the ascending branch of the lateral femoral circumflex artery is at risk during the Smith-Peterson approach to the hip. In this approach, an internervous interval between the femoral nerve, which innervates the sartorius superficially and the rectus femoris deep, as well as the superior gluteal nerve, which innervates the tensor fascia latus superficially and the gluteus medius deep, is utilized. The ascending branch of the lateral femoral circumflex artery runs proximally in the internervous plane between the two deep muscles. That's all for this review about the hip anterior approach or the Smith-Peterson approach to the hip. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the OrthoBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the OrthoBullets podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.